the water's up a little bit because it was raining the other day, so we've got quite a flow coming down. And there's a fallen tree above us, and the, and the water is gushing over the top of this fallen alder. And that is such a lovely hypnotic sound. I should have brought a rod with me today, but tomorrow I'm going to come down. I'm just going to flick a worm out into the eddy. Nothing else on the line, just a worm and a hook, and let it go down there. There's a perch down there. It might be the biggest perch I've ever seen, but, but that sound, listen to it. I mean, and if you've been listening to, a, you know, to that kind of, um, that chatter all day long, it's very good for the soul. Welcome to The Ways of Water, a podcast series exploring our English waterways through the arts, ecology, industrial history, well-being, and the deep mysteries of water itself. Presented by me, David Bramwell, and with the occasional guest appearances from the inimitable John Shuttleworth and his neighbour Ken. My guest for this podcast is Chris Yates, a countryman and much-loved author of nearly 20 books on fishing and nature. Even if you've never sat meditatively by a river, fishing rod in hand, you'll find Chris's passion infectious as we discuss waterways and nature and their role in our well-being. As for this, you'll have to wait till the end to find out what strange things Chris gets up to in the long winter evenings. I've been fishing since I was five, and it's been my, if you like, it's been my way into nature, because when you're fishing, you have an immediate physical contact with nature, which I have found irresistible ever since I was a five-year-old. And, and so you could say I've never grown up, but there is something about fishing which, which connects you to you know, that other world, which, which, which we can't see here at the moment, because as I say, the water is cloudy. But down there, there was a whole other life happening. And I just love to make contact with that other life because it's very beautiful. I, I feel more fulfilled, I think, after a, after a day on the river or a day on a lake than, than um, even if I don't catch anything. Than, than, um, and anything else I do, I just, I, I just love to be by water, um, whether it's a river or a pond or a lake or a canal. That's a good gate. <laughs> <laughs> Needs some WD-40, doesn't it? No, definitely no. not. I was going to do a, a quartet for, for Rusty Gates once, and I'm still going to do it, because there's, there's several gates around here, like the one on the top of the hill there to the north, um, because it is on the top of a hill, it never gets oiled, and it has a fantastic phrase. If you open it slowly, it goes... It goes It's a minor key. And I thought, that's a lovely opening phrase. And I'm going to accompany that with another a bigger gate in a farmyard not far away, which just goes... And I'm going to bring them all together and, um, and, and I'll do my quartet for gates and it'll be performed at the Wigmore Hall. And the trouble is, several of the gates I've gone to and listened to again recently... They're not singing anymore. They, they, they've been they've been dumbed, oiled out of existence. Yeah, oiled, oiled out of existence. Yes, <laughs> very sad. Made mute with oil, um, and the river is just beyond, in the um, in that fold in the hill. And, and which river is this? This is the Dorset Stour, which rises um, at Stourhead. We're here because this is your this, this is, is your stomping river. this is your stomping ground, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we go if we go and stand on that little little bridge. This is where I like to start my, um, my day. I stand on this little footbridge and you can look down and see, see the fishes down below.
can one get bored? I mean, here for instance, you know, we've just walked down the river from the bridge, and we've just come to this spot where there's a kind of like a, a hairpin bend. The river comes down, swirls around that line of willows under the high bank on the far side here, and then cuts, doubles back. There's birds in the willows everywhere. Um, I, just, I could sit here all day and just watch the way that current's working, that far bank, and, and waiting to see what's going to appear from under that sort of overhanging willow there. There's bound to be stuff in there. Even in the middle of winter, there's, you know, there's life going on here. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a lovely thing just to be by a river and, and allow yourself to be drawn into it without falling into it, <laughs> yeah. which of course um, does happen occasionally. I have, I, have, I have fallen into rivers several times. Luckily, always got out again. Um, Hopefully not on a day as cold as no, today. No, no, I wouldn't. I, I've, I've never fallen in the winter. I'm always a bit more cautious in the winter. <laughs> it doesn't matter so much in the summer. We've got a we've got a um, we've got a few shells of freshwater mussels here down at our feet. In fact, if you look, that's been it's like a little like a little purse, and it's been um, it's been that's a sign that otters have been down here. They've, the, a lot of the river bed here is um, covered in these mussels, and they're very good eating. Some fish will actually manage to deal with them, crush them up, but an otter can open them with its claws and take out the um, flesh and nice little winter snack that and in here I mean you see the um, we've got we've, this is a bit of a flooded bank here where the grass um, has been flooded we've got gravel um, I'm standing on gravel now in shallow water in in this grass that could well be sometimes um, this is my kids would love would love this when they were little they're not little anymore but they would come down and they would run their fingers through this um, flooded grass and very often a you know, minnow or a gudgeon or, a, or a, a miller's thumb or a loach would come dashing out and they'd catch it. So you, your kids enjoy spending time by the water as much as you do then? Oh, definitely. And they, yeah, they still, they still do. But, but yeah, when, when they were little, they, they, they loved you know, fishing with nets and fishing with rods and, and they just loved seeing what, what there was to see um, under the surface. And, and, and there's always that moment when, you know, with little shoals of fish darting about you and you're standing up to your knees in water and then and they look out and, and they all gasp and they go a bit pale and then something just glides by so the big shadow just sort of drifts by up from the deeps and then disappears again in our past we we used to sit by the fire of an evening and stare into the fire which i think would stir our imagination and to walk along a river that there's something that we connect with elementally um are you able to put that into words better than, than i can no, I, I think it's you, you've got it absolutely right um that i mean look here where we, we've got that bit of sunlight on the on, on that ripple below us it is like looking into a fire and 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 a fire can be quite sort of hypnotic and and, and once once you've gazed into uh, you know, a fire for more than so five minutes, your mind does tend to be, you know, it, 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 it's, you'll get led away from yourself and, and you find yourself in another dimension and it's, it's like that, but, but 
writ much larger by um, by a river because of that the way that it's it's enticing you it's um it's kind of it's offering it's offering another kind of reality do you think our relationship with waterways has changed in our cities the way that people respond to them what i like um, especially in the city is the way the river will will, will um, reflect the buildings and and reimagine them so you it's contorting them and twisting them and breaking them apart and and and, and that's that's a wonderful thing to watch mm. just see yeah, I, I, last time i was in london walking along the the um, south bank look, looking at the way the houses of parliament were being completely destroyed by a, a sudden gust of wind i thought god i wish i could do that you know <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing left of it you know the big bend sort of collapse in about 15 pieces and you know the because I'm, I'm looking at it upside down and and in reflection and and it was lovely the way, the way i could see the i could actually see the clock face still quite well defined in the water but it had been it had been um beheaded as it were you know disconnected from the rest of it and and, and this, this lovely ripple just took it away and then it and it coiled and reformed and and um and Yes, it, it was. Um, so you're saying a river's natural political affiliation will be with anarchy? Yes, it's, it's all to do with anarchy. It, 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 it is the ultimate anarchic element that it, that, that that is water. As um, yes, it's, it's it's a great medium. Okay, we've got we've got a bit of a see. Not long ago, this that had a lovely. No, that's somebody's oiled it. Mm. I can't believe we haven't heard the kingfisher or seen the kingfisher. We'll, we'll, we'll walk along the edge here and down to the... Uh... What are your thoughts on, on the river as a, as a metaphor, a symbol for, for the mind, for imagination? Do you think there's something in that and do you think that's part of the reason why we like walking by rivers because there's some connection there? I think it's uh, it's a very obvious connection, a very natural connection. I think that's why people do feel becalmed, becalmed in a good way, you know, um, by water. Uh, um, it, it's why people like to sit on a beach in, in their thousands or lean over a bridge um, and just gaze into the water without saying too much. Uh, they're getting something from the water which they can't put into wor words, but it's it's happening it's happening within them and, and even as they walk away they they know they've been they've been in another dimension for a moment and and the water has created that appeal with me long before i ever caught a fish it was the water that that drew me to the village pond and i would just love to sit by it and just watch the way the look of it and the way it, it contorted the, the world through reflection and then what it showed me about the life that was below the surface, which I found very dramatic and very exciting. But it also seems to speak to us because, you know, we, we, we are born, we become life in, in fluid. You know, we, we are in the womb, we were in water. We, we, we were in water for all our uh, earliest days when we were when we're forming into the, into the familiar shape we, 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 um, we eventually turn into. You know, we, um, that's, that's where we started and, um, and that, that, leaves, that leaves a very um, profound echo always, always running through us. And which is why when we come back to water, we come back to where we began. We're kind of looking at us in a way. And so, yeah, there's, there's connections everywhere.
In fact, we're going to be just like that oak tree if we stay here much longer. Because <laughs> now the sun's going down and the yes, temperature I'm... is also plummeting even more. I can it, feel my it, hand it, starting it's, to it's, shake. It's got to be minus. It's got to be <sighs> minus three now. Yeah. And um, yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to be found out lying along the bank like that. Like that oak tree. Our heads in the water. <laughs> Chris, the kettle's boiling away in the background. We've got the fire lit. Um, the promise of crumpets is is is, uh, is imminent. Um, but you've 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 got something in your hand which is uh, to keep you entertained in the in the long winter nights. Is that right? <laughs> that sounds really dodgy. That does sound dodgy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm I'm not necessarily going to read a book or watch television. Um, I want something a little bit more exciting to do. So I, I've got this blowpipe, which is about um, three foot long. Um, it's a metal tube and I've got explosive darts and hanging over the uh, Inglelook fireplace is a small bell and the whole point is to stand back here at nearly 30 feet. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> give or take 20 give, feet. Give or take a few more <laughs> and, and you've got to try and ring the bell with an explosive dart. So here we go. Oh, a miss. Right, that's, 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 uh, that's the marker. Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. We've got a bit of a ring, let's just destroy one ring. more. That was a bit of a glancing blow. That's the one. That, that means that I'm now allowed to have a pot of tea. <laughs> and I've got to hit the bell first with a blowpipe. And, what, and obviously what, we, what can't be seen on the podcast is the, the explosion of light as well as the, as the dart hits the bell. Every family should have a blowpipe. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a wonderful sport and very accurate. It's also good for keeping the rats away and, um, and also cats and, and neighbours who don't you know, uh, want to Well, stay. it just remains for me to thank my guest and... Oh... Oh, hang on, that sounds like the post. Excellent. Another cassette from our old friend John Shuttleworth. And, of course, Ken Worthington. Welcome to John Shuttleworth's fantastical and occasionally foolish facts from the weird but wonderful world of waterways. Thanks, Ken. You're welcome. In 1912, a cow named Buttercup fell into the Leeds and Liverpool Canal by the southern portal of the Fowl Ridge Tunnel. What happened next? Uh, she moaned, help, I can't swim. On the contrary, rather than clamber out as you might have expected, Buttercup chose to swim the whole 1,640 yards to the northern end, where she was revived with brandy by drinkers in the nearby hole-in-the-wall pub. Pictures in the pub commemorate the occasion. Did she get a mile certificate? Oh, don't be silly, Ken. Well, for that she'd have had to swim a further 120 yards. Remember, a mile is 1,760 yards, Ken. Oh, yes. Sorry, John, I forgot. No worries, Ken. I mean, she may have been given a 1,500 metres badge. Oh, I do hope so. Good old buttercup. Bye-bye for now. Bye, David. Hope to see you in Brighton on the pier sometime. Yes, that'd be lovely. Bye. Bye. Ways of Water was presented by me, David Bramwell, and with music by Oddfellows Casino. Find out more via drbramwell.com and check out Oddfellows Casino on Bandcamp, where you'll also find links to my album and book, The Cult of Water. Many thanks to all the guests in this series and to you, the listener. Watery blessings to you all.